Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Friday, August 27th here uh, in the wonderful state of Arizona. Before we get going, I do want to give you guys a quick reminder that, uh, you know, you can go ahead and find out who are this season's top 50 NHL players. You can find me finding that out by heading over to Locked On NHL, Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donna reveal the top 50 players as voted by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network of podcasts. Subscribe to Locked On NHL on YouTube or turn on your notifications to find out uh, when the episodes drop and you'll never miss a new episode. Coming on today's episode of Locked On NHL, number 50 to 41, so you will uh, find out as we count down each of these uh, upcoming days. Anyways, let's get going to today's content. I'm Robin Leonard, joined by Kyle Pavlik of com, uh, discussing all Coyotes news of the last week or so, you know, a lot of things coming on, lots of crazy things. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Coyotes arena situation. Uh, we have uh, some scheduling stuff about the upcoming training camps. And uh, some other fun news that you guys might want to know about. So before we get to that, let's just go ahead and check in with Carl and uh, see how you're doing. I'm doing great. It's um, it's it's been a week. Um, it's one of those things where uh, I'm, we'll be talking about it, but like being a Coyotes fan is just existential dread and crisis after crisis. Um, so I've been good, but I also am a Coyotes fan. So it's just been a lot of eh, this past week. But other than that, I've been you know great. That's great to hear. Let's let's go ahead and go and go straight into it. Uh, I do want to get your opinion, uh, your thoughts. Uh, I talked about this on last week's episode about the uh, Coyotes. Uh, quote eviction notice from the city of Glendale but I want to get your thoughts on it because um you know a lot of everyone and their mother here in the state of Arizona and you know what in just the hockey world has an opinion on it yeah it's definitely one of those things where if you have been an Arizona Coyotes fan you have an opinion on this past week um and one of my earlier memories for being an Arizona Coyotes fan was going to city council meetings for the city of Glendale and um, courtroom hearings when the Goldwater Institute was suing the Arizona Coyotes, then Phoenix Coyotes, uh, over the lease agreement. Uh, It has been just an extension of everything I was dealing with then um, and everything the Coyotes fans were dealing with then. Where all of a sudden the city of Glendale is like, we are canceling the arena agreement uh, out of nowhere. I I expect it wasn't actually out of nowhere. I'm sure like with business dealings, like they knew, 
but for fans it felt like it was out of nowhere like this is what my experience as a coyotes fan has been off ice drama and sometimes it's the city of glendale sometimes it's a lobbying institution such as the goldwater institute or however you want to call them uh and sometimes it's coaches sometimes it's um uh toxic work environment but it just felt like another thing where it was a quiet off season and then it became not one and so i'm just kind of processing that have we ever gone through a real quiet off season I'm trying to think because there's always been like on ice stuff because let's be honest, the team hasn't been good in all the time. So there's always been something, but probably not. Um, there's been louder off seasons and uh, this is definitely one of them, but I don't think we've ever had a quiet one. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, a lot of it, you know, dealing with ownership stuff or on, like you said, on ice stuff, coaching stuff, things all over the place. This, you know, this situation, it's probably part ownership, part city of Glendale, uh, all arena stuff, and like, I mean, we knew that city of Glendale didn't uh, didn't like the the Morello family, um, and I think that was pretty well said. I think over over the last year you know when they've been behind on their payments yeah so this is this is nothing new and i think it's the what i was the funny thing i was saying to you is it shouldn't have come to a surprise for anybody like no one was shocked by it but at the same time we were yeah i think there was always going to be something like and fans were expecting something um you had mentioned the lapse of payments which is really bad like that shouldn't have happened um it's not a good look for the franchise uh let's be honest um the morello family like they have restaurants and they have entertainment casinos and those are and radio stations and radio stations um two of the three took a major hit during the pandemic um so you can kind of expect like there to be problems with that and you know there's shortfalls i think every person who i know and every like person in general has experienced some monetary shortfalls during the pandemic except for a small amount of people but even still uh the morales are billionaires like they have the money they could have done this um and the fact that the coyotes like took a back seat in terms of like other shortfalls to me that kind of says something where you're like okay we can make this payment late um and i've i've made late payments on a lot of things but i'm not the owner of a hockey franchise and that just seems like a not great move because um, you could have made the payments. You could have like been like, all right, I'm going to take a personal hit and I'm going to support this hockey team. And you didn't. And uh, I imagine there was probably a few other franchise owners who also made late payments or didn't keep everything up. And I'm sure that there were some who did 
and for the hockey team, but didn't for other areas. And it does kind of paint a priority like tag on it, and it also just makes you look bad. Like the Glendale supporters can say like, "Well, the team missed missed payments," and you're like, "Yeah, I have to I have to accept that. That was not the team and the ownership." group saying that the coyotes are their number one priority yeah and you know again that's all there, there's all all those things you got to consider when uh when breaking all this down and uh i mean yeah there's a lot to it um obviously this is the point of no return i there still could be that leverage left you know glendale can you know reopen it back up if uh x amount of things are made but like, I do think – go I ahead. I kind of feel like they will. I feel like the city of Glendale will return to the negotiation table because this is a money-seeking opportunity, and the Coyotes are probably better than nothing. It's like I don't think anyone knows what concerts are going to be like in the coming years, and this – the Coyotes have made it pretty clear that they're looking to move to Tempe, but there's a few years in between, and you could probably make some money off of the Coyotes more so than you can off of whatever concert commitments that would mean losing. I I do see both sides walking back to the table on this one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's, I think that is the hope for everybody because I think that's uh, it's the best for the Coyotes financially, just because they don't have to, you know, renovate an arena or or rent out a place be- to temporarily until you can actually build your new place in Tempe. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of considerations, and yeah, but that's what we're all hoping. But uh, let's say this it doesn't happen. Um, yeah, I know you probably read Craig Morgan's article on uh, potential places, and he listed all the potential places that everyone threw out. He even, you know, put to bed any of the speculations. Like he put to bed the idea of it of the Coyotes moving to Footprint Center. He put to bed the idea of them moving in with ASU, either of ASU's facilities. Um, put to bed them going to Tucson. <laughs> and, he really, and really, there are two options that he put out there. One is the most likely. The other one's a very intriguing one because it's been done in the past by another NHL club, but the sight lines would be terrible. And the, it just seems weird to me playing in the baseball facility. And yes, I'm talking about them playing at Chase Field. I mean, here's, here's the deal. Um, When it came to the Coyotes arena situation, one of the things that has really stood out to me is that, um, looking at the New York Islanders, fans will put up with a shitty experience uh, if it means it's only going to last a couple years. Like, so no matter what, Coyotes fans will be like, sure, we'll have terrible sight lines. Sure, we'll have a not great situation. Sure, we'll have really old seats, uh, but it's only going to be for two years. So if you can do that kind of announcement, I think. I think fans will be fine. Like season ticket holders, I think most of them will be fine with it. And non-ticket holders, I almost feel like a novelty like could draw them in. 
Like, if you were not a hockey fan, but you could see a hockey game at a baseball stadium, tell me you wouldn't do that, or at least think about it. Like, that seems like one of those, like, circus attractions where you're like, okay, it's weird. It's only going to happen, like, for two years. Might as well try it. And I think the coolest thing that uh, that Craig pointed out was these teams are so – both these teams are, so, are not going to be good. Um, so they're never going to cross paths. So there's – you know how scheduling issues so you don't – so the ice can stay there the entire time. Uh, that's one. Uh, two, it's – I mean, you talk about the relationship between the Coyotes and the Diamondbacks. Great – they have a great relationship unlike with the Suns because Sarver is – being is robert sarver yeah. uh but and three it's, it's obviously the chase field has the biggest capacity and four it's a retractable roof you could do you could do fun stuff with that like honestly if that happens the coyotes could make it work in a way that's kind of insane um I the possibility of it is just frankly astonishing. It is like I would say probably third on my list of possibilities, maybe even fourth. But uh, it it just lets the imagination wander. I mean, we know the, the, the if Glendale is off the top, uh, Gila River Arena is off the table again. That the uh, the madhouse on McDowell is gonna be probably the very most the most likely because it's built for hockey it's old but it's built for hockey (laughs) yeah which is like kind of astonishing uh for me that the veterans memorial coliseum is being considered Uh, i've lived in arizona and the phoenix area since 2000 um it has gone from the place where i saw concerts during the state fair to a place where there was a uh, very infamous audit of an election happened to potentially the place where I go to hockey games. Like, Did you see uh, Craig's uh, slide comment about that? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As someone who follows that audit a lot, who uh, he had a lot more restraint than I would ever have because – Ah, uh, that is that is just a a very big potential renaissance for that building. The Wikipedia article for the following for the like past year and the upcoming years will be insane if the Coyotes end up playing there. Oh, it will be it will be really interesting, and uh, it's interesting that those are the top two choices on uh, at least. The- top two possibilities on Craig Morgan's list. Yeah. Although, like, as an ASU alum, I I would like to see the Coyotes play, like, a game at the ASU arena. Like, maybe the inaugural game. That would just be fun for me. Yeah. I mean, I could could see that as a possibility. Um, Yeah. I don't think we're going to put that. Like, they definitely cannot play a full season there based off the size. But it's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, there is definitely a thing about having a locker room and having it be your locker room. And I've heard that from athletes and coaches before. But I just kind of like, 
I love the idea of like the wandering coyotes who like split their season between like three arenas for a year. Just like how uh, how New York split between uh, Nassau and Barclay for a while. Exactly. Like the Islanders have proven that a bad arena situation is not a a franchise killer. Not only you know? not not only that. Not gonna say like, but also the Tampa Bay Lightning have also proven that in, yeah. before they move into Emily playing at the Thunderdome inside a baseball <laughs> facility. Yeah. Uh, they're like nothing we are dealing with right now is unprecedented, especially for Coyotes fans. Like this is, like I've said, what we have come to expect as fans of a franchise. Absolutely. We are way over a break, so we got to go do our first break here. Um, so I just want to let you guys know that it's that time of year again, and all eyes are returning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device for to sign up for a free account today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo and make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, also including hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of your of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All right, let's continue this conversation here on Locked On Coyotes. We had a a uh, over a 15 minute conversation with Robin Leonio and Carl Pavlik talking about the arena stuff. I think we probably hit everything on whatever we wanted to talk about. Um, so let's uh, go ahead and do something else right now. Uh, let's say that uh, the Coyotes this week put out their upcoming schedule for training camp. That's exciting, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, especially with the changing of the guard, as it were. Like We're going to be seeing a lot of new faces for training camp and uh, especially for the rookie camp and development camps. Rookie camp and development camp is going to be interesting. I'm going to try to make my way up to Glen. Uh, actually, it's going to be in Scottsdale, in Scottsdale, a couple of times to uh, to see some of these games and see some. I'm going to see some of the camp camp days because obviously, um, I want to see who's going to be playing with Tucson and who's going to be ten- obviously the future of the Coyotes and uh, see, uh, you know, Dylan Gunter and Liam Kirk and all these guys playing one. In one place. I mean, that's what we want, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, Dylan Gunther, I think, is especially an interesting player uh, for this because he had a shortened junior season because of everything that happened. And, like, it'll be interesting to kind of see, like, how the younger players especially have, like, dealt with the pandemic year, which shortened a lot of their seasons or outright cancel them 
force them to go overseas. Like it'll be interesting to see like what everyone brings to the table. It definitely will, and I'm 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 excited to see. Um, yeah what he can do as well. Again, all of these upcoming prospects, especially those that were drafted in 20, in this last 2021 draft. Um, really interested to see the, uh, the quote overagers that, that uh, they drafted because again, these, I mean, these guys are kind of the help restockpile the roadrunners. I was, I think that was their main intention. <laughs> yeah. Um, because obviously if you are coming from the, uh, the CHL and you are 18 or 19 years old, you cannot play in the AHL. So they got it's like, all right, if you're 20 or 22, then yeah, okay, we'll take you so you can play right. You can go to Tucson right away. Well, it's kind of funny because uh, if you think about it, like the Coyotes didn't have a first round pick last year. They didn't have a second round pick either. Uh, and they forfeited their third. Um, uh, and it's like, so we had like a whole year where there was like no like fresh talent that we're going to make a big difference. And now we're just getting like a major injection with like the three second round picks that we have that this year and like the 70 million second round picks we have in the upcoming 20. So <laughs> training and yeah. development camp is going to be the place to watch for, for the coming seasons. So if you want to check out that future of the coyotes, that's, just, that's going to be your place. The yeah. ice den in Scottsdale is going to be home to the rookie camp, the development camp, um, as well as a couple of the rookie tournament games. The Coyotes are going to play how the rookie tournament games in um, in Gila River Arena, but everybody, everybody else, I think, what who's involved? The Ducks, the Sharks, and the Kings? Ducks, Sharks, Kings, um, Colorado is one, and... I think Vegas. Uh, one second, let me check. So Kings, Sharks, Ducks, Avs, Golden Knights, and Coyotes. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Uh, I have the dates right here. I didn't have the the rookie face-off tournament. Um, But we have the development camp September 9th through the 13th. The rookie camp and tournament uh, will be the September 15th through the 20th, with the rookie face-off tournament being September 17th through the 20th. Um, And then the veterans training camp will be September 22nd through October 7th, which it's just kind of... It's crazy that we are so close to October. Uh, it feels like this year has really just gone by in a flash. It's been a re- yeah. I mean, it, well, it's also been a sh- much shorter off season than we're used to. Oh uh, yeah, that too. Where it's like, didn't the draft just happen last month? Why are we like about to happen like with training camp? Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, some some programs already had their development camp. Yeah, I'm like. Why are you doing that? Like, it's not, it's what, I mean, development camp usually happens in July, but yeah, still, it's that weird thing where it's late, but also early because it's late in terms of like the year. If anyone like is still on the year timeline, I don't know what's going on with you, but it's super early in terms of like the season just ended and the draft just happened. It's absolutely crazy. All this just really just piling up. It's like, what? 
everything coming out at once. Yeah, as you said, the September is going to be loaded with yeah. with with camps. So if you want some hockey, obviously I think some of the some of the game some of the ca- practices might be open to the public. I will not confirm that because uh, I don't want to give you guys false information. But we do know the tournament probably will be, so you can go ahead and watch the tournament. Yeah, if it, that rookie face tournament will be fun, uh, especially because yeah, you get to see the uh, the first years. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I feel like L.A. and Anaheim have a really big advantage in their in the rookie face-off tournament just because like, they had a couple of years of top five <laughs> top yeah. five picks like half of team usa and team canada at the world juniors was the those prospects so they'll probably do pretty well but it'll be kind of it'll be cool to see the future of the coyotes start to emerge like I don't expect the Coyotes to win the rookie face-off tournament if such a thing even exists. Uh, but you know, Dylan Gunther may have a really good game, and you could be like, "Oh, hey, that's the future of the franchise right there." Yeah, I mean, that's what you want. That's, that's what you want to see. I, that, that's what the purpose of this all is. So, so you can see that. So you can see what the future of these teams are. Um, you can see what, uh, even though the. Uh, Two of the teams are Central Division teams, and the rest are Pacific. But I mean, you can still see, obviously, you know, let's say the Coyotes play the Kings still, still pretty often. I'm um, not as often as they would used to, as they're going to be used to, but they're still going to be playing them a lot. And you're going to see the future of that kind of matchup. He's like, oh, these guys are eventually going to like. I mean, not all of them, but some of these guys are eventually going to be part of the actual team. Yeah, and I mean. Don't you worry. The Coyotes and the Kings robbery is going to last beyond the team moving to the Central Division, listener. Um, like Coyotes fans still do not like Detroit Red Wings fans, and they don't play in the same conference. So like <laughs> those oh, LA yeah. games are still going to be heated, and you could start that rivalry early, provided none of the rookies get hurt, because like, yeah, we don't want that. No, we, we don't at all. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, I'm ex- I'm excited for for all this to happen. I'm like I said, I'm gonna try to come up from Tucson for a few of these events. Obviously, I got to pick and choose my battles because I mean, obviously, Scottsdale is easy for those through, like development camp. I could do better than going to the every single rookie faceoff game. Back and forth to Glendale every day. I can't. That just that's just a toll on my body. I don't think I can handle. Yeah, I mean it's definitely rough. I have been to prospect development camps before. I've been to rookie scrimmages. They could be a lot of fun. It's a very interesting thing to watch, um, especially because, like, for for most people, you don't really get to see the practices too much. You don't get to see the drills and. A lot of the the camp is that, um, and outside of that, there's usually a lot of really interesting things. Um, it always kind of floors me to see like the um, the videos teams release every year, where they're like, "This is how we're teaching you know kids about nutrition because you're going to be an NHL player. You need to know how to eat right." Um, and when I first started like following the team and like writing about them, I was like, "Huh." Eating right. That's an interesting concept. Oh, the 18-year-olds can learn to do it? I better learn to do it. Uh, so it's usually a really 
interesting time in like being a hockey fan because you get to learn a lot of off ice elements too because the rookies are learning so if you want to go ahead and you know obviously you know find learn about the future of the coyotes as well as uh learn what it's like to be at a prospect development camp uh we have those dates for you carl just read them earlier um and yeah there again that's going to be all throughout the month of september essentially and exciting stuff the like i and then like i said um most of the uh prospect development camp will be at the ice tournament in scottsdale the rookie face-off tournament for the coyote side will be at healy river arena all the other games like between like a game between like vegas and san jose is going to be at the ice den um but you can check out all of them if you'd like anyways uh we got one more thing to talk about this to you guys and obviously it's something new um i don't i could still tease you about it but let's I'll just say, you know exactly what I'm talking about coming up in just a sec. But first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're passionate about their favorites. If you don't know about them, you are missing out because they have over nine different flavors, ranging from mint brownie to salted caramel, cookies and cream, German chocolate, you name it. Um, and, uh, there's just so many, so many out there that absolutely taste phenomenal limited time flavors that they also sometimes have. Like I've, like I had this churro puff flavor that was absolutely delicious. If you haven't tried all of their regular flavors, you can get a mix box. You get two of each of the nine flavors, and then you can go ahead and maybe later pick which flavor you like the most. Not only are they the best tasting out there, they're also healthy too. You can they see these are just some of their uh, nutritional facts: seventeen to eighteen grams of protein, one hundred and thirty to one hundred and eighty calories, four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today, and you can try the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. So you can go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you get fifteen percent off your next order. Once again, that's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. And now it's time for here on Locked on Coyotes to finish our conversation of news that happened over the week. Once again, I'm Robin Leonio, joined by Carl Pavlik of 5forhowling.com. Uh, we talked about the Coyotes Arena situation for quite a long time. Then we also talked about the Prospect Development Camp. But now it's time to pretty much say, Carl... It's even, even though it wasn't verbally confirmed, we know the Arizona Coyotes are essentially going to go full-time Kachina. Yeah. If it's not going to be Kachina jerseys, the, the team has definitely embraced the Kachina as their logo. And, uh, and it's been a long time coming for a lot of fans. Um, the franchise, like pretty much, I think the past two seasons has been like the Kachina is our primary logo for terms of like prospect hats at the draft or whatever. But with the painting of the center ice with the Kachina, it, it feels like the team is ready to make a jump to to full time Kachina mode. I still think, even though I love the Kachina at center center ice, I'm kind of gonna. Kind of uh miss you know especially when i watch on tv seeing seeing that crescent moon but i mean the kachina is cool 
The crescent moon was glorious. Oh, I loved it so much. Like, the team could go Kachina jersey and crescent moon and just go full 90s experience, and I would love that. But uh, they don't let me make those decisions. No, we're uh, we're just media people. They don't they don't they won't listen to us unless we have something interesting to say. And even then, they won't really they'll they'll listen to us, but they'll just hear what we have to say. They won't really take 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 anything to to mind. Oh yeah, I, I'm sure that the like center ice is as much a marketing decision as it is anything else, and media and marketing should not go together at all. So. They would never listen to us. No, because uh, like I said, if it was up to us, like like you said, we'd go we'd go that that crescent moon center ice with full time Kachina jerseys all the time. Honestly, um, if it would up if it was up to me, this season Kachina, next season the rutted coyote from the old third, because oh that's a glorious logo, and that would just be a perfect center ice logo. And then, of course, we throw in the uh, the reverse retro every now and then because the purple with the with the desert scape and the peyote coyote, I think it, 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 that, that's just amazing. I love it. Oh, I can only imagine center eyes like Kachina head. That would be. I just want to see that now. That sounds amazing. That would that that would be really cool. Uh man, there's all these all all these ideas. Too bad you too bad you also can't do like subtle designs on the ice, like like that you see at some like college basketball thing, like arenas. Uh, yeah. Obviously, those aren't subtle; those are in your face. But like subtle, like if, like a little subtle desert escape, that would be cool. But like, I don't know how that'd be possible. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely like see a desert landscape being like a cool ice paint job. But like we are long since past subtle when it comes to professional sports. Uh, there's ads on the ice now, so I'd be happy with them being gone. Heck I'd be happy with the, the boards ads being gone, but uh, we're not going to get that. We're not going to get anything subtle. So in my opinion, the team should just go as gaudy as possible. I mean, that's kind of what the reverse retro <laughs> went for, right? Yeah, and it was a phenomenal success. Like, every reverse retro that was over the top was beloved. Everything that was, like, plain and, like, a, like a slight color change was hated. Like, just go big, go weird. Like, now is the time to do something cool. And the Kachina is something cool. Um, I think the KOE Twitter account pointed out, like, it's the first time that that has been the centerized logo. And that's awesome. Um, and I think for people like you and me, it's like, all right, but you can do more. You can do something cool. You can do something weird. And we will be there for it. Oh, we'll be, wait- we'll be waiting for it. Like I said, Crescent Moon. Let's bring it back. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, it's it's very interesting how the Crescent Moon has remained such a staple for the Coyotes franchise, and it doesn't get talked about that much. Um, and it was like nice I think, 
like because I think uh, like there's like the shoulder patches during the during the Kachina years, it, like it was a crescent moon with phoenix on, on it, wasn't it? That's what it said. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So like that, like obviously, like it wouldn't be as cool if the crescent moon and having Arizona go through it. Because yeah, I mean you could, but yeah, I mean. But even like in the arena experience, like the the moon rising thing that they were doing was always really cool. There's been a crescent moon at Gila River Arena. Like it's it's a very underrated, I think, aspect of Coyotes fandom that doesn't get talked about as much. Um, but uh, just I think people have been clamoring for the Kachina return. And it's been fed by the franchise for a while now. And now they seem to be ready to just go all in and embrace it. And I'm here for it. I, I do love the, the Howling Coyote like logo. I think that the team losing that is going to kind of suck a little. But full-time Kachina seems like it's it's going to happen next season. I just thought of a, of a, of a uh, plan of attack for them on how they're going to unveiled full-time Kachina jerseys. Yeah. Rookie face-off tournament. When the Kaiser are home, they're going to be they're going to be wearing their Kachina home jerseys. When they're away, the Kachina whites. That that would be amazing. Uh, Just all of a sudden out of nowhere you see, "Oh my god, it's the Kachina whites." <laughs> we need to get you working for the franchise because that is a phenomenal idea. <laughs> Oh man, I, I'm just thinking about it now. It's, I would love it so much. Yeah, because you know, like it would be, like it's not publicized, like low sell it and just have it happen, and then have like it, like spread like a viral story where it's like we talk about it, and then national media picks it up. We're like. Uh, the Coyotes rookies just played with the Kachina Whites. Does that signify something's going to happen? They'll like let it go for a week and then announce it. That's how you get publicity. That's what that's you how you get good publicity too, because the Coyotes are obviously in a yeah. good amount of need for that. <laughs> yeah, and if nothing else, like the Kachina jersey is something that general hockey media is nostalgic about um so it's a feel-good coyote story that they will learn like yeah exactly ask ask any hockey fan no, I'm not ask, ask any ask most hockey fans who they what they think is the best retro hockey jersey out there and i would say good 60 to 70 percent of them will say the kachina yeah especially the the hockey fans who are like for lack of better words, the tastemakers in hockey. Like, I think at this point, there's a large percentage of hockey influencers who are of the age where, like, 90s look is, is like, checking their boxes, and they will go all in on the Kachina. Like, we saw that with the reverse, reverse retro. We see that with, like, the general positivity towards the... Like black Kachina jersey, like there is love for that jersey. Which, um, as someone who became a Kaiser fan later, uh, is actually a little bit confusing to me because I think the Holland Coyote logo is a little bit better. Um, but uh, that '90s aesthetic just has something of its own. 
I mean, in terms of the popularity of aesthetic and you know how well, how well it's received and liked, why do you, why do you think I pushed for uh, the the rebranding colors of the Locked On Coyotes podcast from the red and gold to the uh, to the purple color? Especially that purple, like few teams will like have purple in there. Like there was the classic Kings and when they bring it back, uh, I still think that the purple Kings jersey with the, the old style crown is one of their best. Isn't that why they have it on the reverse retros? Yeah. I mean, it's not just because I saw Australia Compton. It really liked the fact that there was a hockey jersey. Uh, it's it's their best look and purple needs to be incorporated more in hockey jerseys. It does. Um, Cause yeah, purple, I think yeah, purple just stands out on the ice. It really does. It's a great clash with the white. Uh, it works with a lot of other colors. Um, provided those colors aren't terrible. Like I don't want to see a purple and orange Jersey. So flyers can stay away. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe Coyotes just don't just don't wear your uh, retros when uh, the Flyers come to town. That'd just be too much. I would like just throw things at my TV the entire time. Like, no, get it away! It's too terrible a color combination. I'll finish with one thought about speaking of just color combinations, because um, I was just thinking it back to uh, some of the games we had last year in terms of just general NHL games. When both the Kings and the Wild wore the reverse retros, when you had the purple and the and the bright green, like I was like, oh, it was like, oh, that is Chef's kiss right there. That's beautiful. The I, see, I go for a dark green and purple, like um, like the the weird. It was like a '90s aesthetic. I feel like like Poison Ivy feels like purple and green, even though I don't think she was purple. The Hulk with his uh, purple pants. Uh, I like a brighter green and purple. I don't like it when one of them is muted. Uh, but I could see that combination. I mean, look, uh, purple and green are two of the colors in the Kachina logo. This is true. Uh, I'm kind of curious. Like, is the Kachina logo, like, if it becomes official, do you think, like, the. Roadrunners and the uh, the Wild, um, or not the Wild, ECHL team. Uh, the the Rush. The Rush, sorry, acronym or not, whatever. Um, do they change their like shoulder patch logo to the Kachina, or do they go Howling Coyote? Because I think that that's the Howling Coyote is a better shoulder patch. It is a better shoulder patch. I think that's what that'd be the better way. Uh, or uh, uh, Howling Coyote on one of them, Crescent Moon on the other. Great. I like it. Print it. Yep. That's what we're going to do. Um, any final thoughts about uh, this Kachina thing or anything else that we talked about or anything else we didn't talk about that you want that you want to go ahead and uh, put out before we close off this episode? Uh, just... It's if you're a Coyotes fan right now, it's a very tough time um, for just a lot of reasons. Um, the the rebuild, uh, the arena drama, uh, it's just a lot of stuff, and it it there are good things to look forward to. Um, there are 
are good things happening in the upcoming season. Like, so just just try and block out the all the negative because there's going to be a lot in the upcoming years. Uh, and uh, this past week especially has felt like a, a pretty hard hit, but there's still like a lot of of good things happening and just kind of focus on that. Absolutely. I think that is the uh, best way to uh, to close things off. So that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Coyotes. Hope you guys liked what you heard. If you did, don't forget to leave a review if you are listening through Apple Podcasts. If you are not and also not subscribed, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to interact with us on social media. I am at RobLeonio1 and at LO underscore Coyotes. You can interact with us and send us a message, and we can answer them either directly or on a future episode of the Lockdown Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Carl for joining us on today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.